Dear people of humankind, do you have an unruly child, a sickly child, a bastard child, or perhaps even the spawn of Satan? If the answer is yes, then do I have the solution for you. Willem Dafoe's Back to Formula. Yes, Back to Formula. Top scientists from around the globe have worked in tandem with the legendary actor Willem Dafoe. Just one small spoonful of this Safe for Kids Wonder Serum will take care of your child's needs forever. If you care about your kids, you'd put some Willem in them. Willem Dafoe's Back to Formula. Available at all pharmacists. Back to Formula. Hello everyone, and welcome to Geeky Biscuits Series 2 with your hosts Dan and Grant. You think this is the real Grant? <laughs> it is. How <laughs> <laughs> you do, pal? You're right. Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Welcome uh, back. Yes, welcome back after a, a little Halloween special and a, a short little break. Um, really, really excited to be back with a whole new slate of awesomeness for yeah. all our Biscuiteers. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get started. Let's, get let's started. go. Yeah, let's go with uh, Paul Verhoeven's 1990 sci-fi classic, Total Recall. Well, for the memories of a lifetime, recall, recall, recall. What a lovely singing voice you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Total Recall, right. Well, let's dive straight in. You know, the, the format stayed exactly the same because why well, change perfection? But um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's yeah, it, mate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's my excuse for not showering or getting changed every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, yeah. So, right for you, Total Recall. What? Uh, what's your uh, earliest memories of? <clears throat> it's a film I don't think I actually saw. Maybe till I was about. 15, 16, I always remember it being advertised for TV, maybe yeah. ITV, something like that. And I always can remember seeing this scene where, obviously, um, Arnold's um, in the woman makeup and then her head, like, you know, parts away and reveals his beautiful animatronic face. Um, so it's always one of those that's intriguing. It's always one of those that I was like, oh, I need to watch that. And um, and I just never, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just never got around to watching it. Um, I don't know if you've been on the movie channels when we got Sky, like late 90s. Um, well, probably mid 90s. But I, th I think it must have been just like, you know, like we said before, when me and you got to that age of where 
we'd be studying and college and stuff where we just used to buy endless supplies of fucking DVDs <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was that was really my earliest memory. And, I, and you know, not to skip ahead, but I suppose it's always one of those films as well that I always watch. And then if I don't watch it again for maybe like three or four years, I kind of, I know everything, like the ending points, but like some of the plot I forget. I yeah. don't, I don't, it's just one of those films. I think it's because there's a lot going off. It's it's a nice little mystery. So it's always nice to, to catch back in with it and uh, yeah, yeah. see if I can remember it correctly and and that so um, but yeah nothing nothing too I never really grew up with it or anything I can just remember every time I just every time I heard Total Recall I just remember you know before I saw it like I need to see this film and when yeah. I saw it always having good memories of it so yeah that's about as exciting as it got <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself for me I think it was um being kidnapped in the middle of the night, dragged downstairs. <laughs> it wasn't, not the middle of the night. I think it was probably early afternoon. But I think, um, I think it was Terminator. Like there was the big thing about Terminator Two, and um, was it when yeah. that when that was I hit? Everything was massive. So I think, like now, tends when films, um, film four tend to do it if they've got the rights to something. When something's new coming out, like a new Terminator film, they'll show the last couple of Terminator films or something like that. Yeah. And I think they were going through a bit of a Schwarzenegger season. Um, I think you were at probably ITV, like the Diet Coke ITV, yeah. uh, you know, Saturday nights, I think. Um, and it was on, and I'm sure it was one of these things that Dad was just like, you know, watch the, you know we'll, we'll take this off the TV and make sure you watch it. And yeah. um, he, he used, he, Dad would just be like, oh, you know, it's... You have to be careful. It's got a little bit of swearing in it, and you know he he kept the three three, you know, breasted woman as a complete surprise. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he, um, you know, just like sit down, and watch this. It's great. And and my dad, all my dad would ever say was, "I want to know what your thoughts." Even at a younger age, he was like, "I want to know what you think at the end. What what's going off at the end?" Because that was the important bit to him was whether, you know, Doug was had had the implant and was, you know, that is brain fried or whether what was happening to him was real yeah you know and i think that's that, that was to go on later is a big selling point of the, the story um so yeah it, it's just one of those things i like to revisit every couple of years because it's just it's so i mean coming off a robocop paul verovens so that's the only other film i'd seen at that time of paul verovens mm. um and that is so over the top with its violence and Total Recall again is. I forgot how violent it was in places. Oh, when he, um, when he's when his work mates all surround him and he's he's yeah. he's, he's like he, pff, he shoots them. I, I was actually said to my wife. I said, I, I really I really miss watching old action films because when somebody was shot, they stayed shot. Like you saw yeah. chunks. Like the bullets like must have been yeah. like. Oh, the scripts are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, sorry, mate. I was just going to add. I was just saying, yeah. that. So I think it's just it, 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 there's so many sort of memorable elements to come away. I think I think it's how we call them. Sort of, I said revisiting it just because it's so some of it's so over the top, but some of it's quite nuanced for Paul Verhoeven flick. I would say, and he got uh, Ronald Chussett and Dan O'Bannon who wrote Alien. Yeah, who in charge of the script, and I think they've been in charge of the script with Philip K. Dick, who wrote, you know, the book it was based on. Uh, what is the book again? We can help you remember wholesale or something. Remember it for wholesale, yeah, wholesale, yeah. Um, 
And uh, but I think what I read that they, by the time they got to making it with Schwarzenegger, it had been through forty-two drafts. Um, and uh, but that doesn't show. <laughs> you know, it's just no, you you would not. I mean, that's a crazy amount, isn't it? That's... it is, yeah. I know I bled out of my earliest memories straight into. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, we need segways. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirt. Um, <laughs> definitely, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's you know um, to to finish off my earliest memories. I watched it with my father, as very much the other, you know, a lot of the other stuff that I used to watch. And uh, what did he? Um, what what what? Um... Was he pleased with your answer? Yeah, I think he'd he'd have been pleased either way. I think it was just after that I thought about it and didn't just sort of watch it and that was it. I think the fact that he, it, you, you could have a conversation about that ending. Yeah. Um, that it's you know that that were enough for me dad to, you know, to to be happy with really. Um, but if it's alright to flow back into the production side of things because yeah. I sort of, sort of threw up all over the start of this um, <laughs> yeah your it, cup runneth over <laughs> well, see, mate, yeah definitely <laughs> the, the 42 drafts um, and uh, yeah, for, was, for, for, for half a second I thought you said 42 giraffes and 42. there's always that thing where they're like if you chuck a give a monkey a typewriter <laughs> it'll eventually write yeah. something well, see, I yeah, was this... thinking why are they giving monkeys typewriters if giraffes are like creating total recall <laughs> that's it yeah they, they, gave, they gave 42 giraffes a copy of Philip uh, K. Dick's book and went do what you can with that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I mean so, so 42 Durats of, uh, of screenplay. I think Dino De Laurentiis was going to do it at some point. Um, yeah. Then his company went bust, and apparently um, Schwarzenegger was like, "Oh, well, Joel Silver, you know, you you buy that for three million. Mm. Like, which was relatively cheap apparently back then. Um, and he's like, "I'm going to, I'll star in it. I'll I'll make it a vehicle for myself." But he he was paid something like ten million for it. And got fifteen percent of the profits. Uh, it was part of his deal, but he also got final say. Which it's Schwarzenegger's career at that point. Yes, he was coming off of sort of Predator, and you know, it's sort of he'd done the Terminator, Predator, and Conan, and all that. Uh, he'd not quite hit Terminator Two. No, not yet. But he, this was like I think the first big set step up to being the huge action star. Yeah, you know, the, the the Hollywood icon. So to have that kind of pulling power, you know, you get decide who gets to write, who gets to direct it, you know, um, editing, you know, stuff like that. It's just really impressive. Because well, it is because he wanted to work with Verhoeven, didn't he? Mm. And I think it yeah, was on his idea that Verhoeven get the gig because it was. I know he was massively impressed by Robocop, wasn't he? Swartz, was, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they, they saw the David Cronenberg had a crack at the script at some point as well, um, and he's uncredited, but um, he's the reason the mutants and Quato are in it. That's all David Cronenberg's stuff. Well, I used to like um, just a, a funny story for you. Um, obviously, you know 
my family and stuff. So my sister's partner is a huge Total Recall fan. Yeah. And he always used this amazing impression of Quarto. And it used to be like his little party piece he did. And then when um, my niece was born, Eva, he used to pick her up as a baby, put her under a shirt and just go, open your mind. <laughs> he was holding her hand not my earliest memory, but it's still a fantastic memory. I've yet to do it with mine. Well, so, so she can hold her own head up, mate, get it done. Yeah, I will do. Absolutely. <laughs> what a fancy dress idea, though. I know, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, it's had a, you know, a few years in, in sort of in development. Um, but when it hit, it hit really hard. I mean, it's, it was successful at the box office. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was well, he wasn't Peter. happy, was he, with the trailer? No, no, he wasn't. No, it's. Was, I think the sort of. I mean, if you look at some of the posters as well, like the early poster work, this this sort of um, maybe the the poster art is just Schwarzenegger's face, but I think the the trailer, which you know, we're playing along with this, um, is a lot of sort of quick cuts of action, and uh, it starts off with a rotating Schwarzenegger face. Yeah. So looking at the, the, the Mars scape. It doesn't really sort of play into the the mystery element of Total Recall, that sort of no. you know, espionage thriller um wrapped up in sort of like big sci fi action it. Uh, but again it it, it works in uh, Roger Ebert gave it I think three and a half stars out of four, which, you know, is, is quite an odd hard chap to please. Yeah, um, there he is. Yeah, exactly. he is. And he loved it. So it's you know it did hit home really, really well. Like 260, 260 million off of a fifty million budget, I think. Yeah, um, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, especially like for nineteen ninety, it was just you know the, the films didn't make the obviously make adjustments for inflation, but they didn't they don't make the mega books that they do now. Um, no, no, it's still a massive haul. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. It's always going to stick with. There's so many elements to love about it, and there's so many iconic moments. I mean, you mentioned. But do you find? Um, sorry, sorry, to interrupt, oh, but do you find that like a, a, a huge selling point for it is the fact that like if if we were to like, oh, what's your favourite Schwarzenegger films? So mm. I mean, <laughs> Terminator's a greater film than Schwarzenegger. That's no disrespect to Schwarzenegger, but the story and everything it. it the, that film elevated Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is going to be like, it's not a 100% yeah, a watertight analogy, but, you know, when people say, what's your favourite Schwarzenegger film? Yeah, things inevitably come into your head, but Total Recall takes a second to come into my mm-hmm. head, and that's because I think the film doesn't feel like a natural Schwarzenegger film. It, it yeah. is a thinking film first. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I think you're right because I think a lot of films were advertised as the name Schwarzenegger. Just it became an an advert in itself. Like if you you saw that name, you knew kind of what you were going to get. So yeah, you know, like you said, the the um, Terminator. This the the one Schwarzenegger wasn't the main star in, you know, Terminator and stuff like that. But when they started putting Schwarzenegger on posters. Yeah, you know, when you knew. But you're right. Total Recall. It doesn't scream typical. No. Schwarzenegger fair and it's it is a thinking man's film it's it's fair for all it's you know over the top violence and you know it, yeah awesome memorable imagery and, and silly little things and you know sort of the, the bugging planet in his nose 
you know, the, the faces when the, the, the masks crack on Mars and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Suffocation stuff. face. <laughs> yeah, suffocation face for all these, this, you know, and the mutants and everything. At its core, it's, it's a mystery thriller. <laughs> core, <Yeah>. reactor <laughs> core, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, you're... Um, your mouth just like said that as if it wasn't a pun, but I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting to drop that in. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think that's the, that's always going to be the surprise. I think the audience as well will see it and they'll go, well, you know what? I was expecting ABC, but what I got was a, a, a well thought out, well crafted, mm. you know, sci-fi thriller. And I mean, to say we start off you know, sort of like a really sort of brief look into the, the, the storyline. And he's dreaming he's on he's on Mars with um Melina. Uh, is it yeah. Rachel Rachel Ticotin? That's it. Um Yeah. You know, and he, he's sort of he was dreaming that he suffocates and he wakes up and we've got Sharon Stone who was brilliant. She's sort of uh, sort of well bitchy best, isn't she? She's she's great in that. Yeah, um, she, she is really great in that, in more ways than one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like when he goes to, you know, he talks about going to Mars and he's there's stuff like you've got, um, you know, he, he goes to uh, work and you see him at work, he's a construction worker, he talks about recall. There's these little elements start coming like when he mentions recall and Harry looks at him a little bit when he says, don't go there because you're going to fry your brain. And he looks at him and obviously as, as we realise he potentially could be asleep, you know, Schwarzenegger could be potentially a sleeper agent. That look from Harry could be just like looking at him gone out because he's thinking of going to recall or yeah. because he knows it could blow his cover. There's, every now and then they do little, yeah. little looks from each character. Sharon Stone does it quite a few times where you can't quite figure out if if she's Schwarzenegger's wife in it, whether she is an agent maintaining Schwarzenegger's cover yeah, or whether she's just distressed because he's he's gone loco and you know, and that's that's those those little seeds get planted very early on, and they're all little things that are great for a a, a rewatch, a second and third third watches that um if you pick up on them that's great, mm. but it is one of those films that is expertly crafted. The fact that like you said, your second, your third, your fourth time, or even like 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 me watching it again after such a long time not watching it, it's it just feels it just feels nice because it feels feels real, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, you, you know, you've not just got this this set piece or this scene going off. You've actually got a lot of interaction. Like I really do appreciate actors that like don't just stand and deliver the lines and, and stuff but when they do have scenes like that where you can get away with just this a to b or a bit of a exposition you've got actors that'll often clean glasses or move cups or touch things on like real people do because not all actors do that but and like you said those little looks and stuff i know they're implanted in the film for us to start to question and and, and things like that which which is great but also it gives the viewer more visual information on top of a film yeah. that's already full of information that we're going to yeah. find out so it does really like all add to the to the mystery and you also as a participant of that mystery you're along for the ride of going right i'm not just being told this i'm actually trying to i'm being told all this information now it's my turn to figure this out and interpret yes yeah. well, absolutely yeah. yeah and i think it's so it works because it, it plays into 
each element that happens, you know, when when Doug goes to Regal because he's like, you know, he's fuck this, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have these memories implanted in you know at, at Recall, these false holiday memories and everything, and the fact that he chooses his the package that he you know he wants um sleazy sleazy <laughs> yeah these alien artifacts on Mars and and everything yeah and that so the rest of the film he plays out that fantasy yeah. but we're led to believe it's real but everything he asks for at Recall is yeah. you know again he's playing it and that's 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 the crux of it is that I think you're still guessing all the way up to the end yeah and. And this is what my dad sort of said early on about, um, you know, he wanted to have a conversation about it was because the big thing for my dad was the film fades to white at the end. Yeah. Which you only tend to do, film-wise, only tends to happen during sort of fantasy sequences or dreams or stuff like dreams. that. Yeah. Um, but is it just the, uh, is it just the, the, the spinning totem from Inception again? Is it just the... Is it misdirection? Is it? Yeah. Is it? It it, it feels like it's purposely done because, like you said, the the convention is dream fantasy sequence. Something's not quite right with reality, Um, and I think it's done very cleverly, like Inception, just to go. Well, we want you to think like this, but more people will. I mean, I, I think that myself, I'm not this, but I think the majority of moviegoers like to things resolved or happy endings or there's yeah. no where they stand so if i was making a film to be ambiguous i would definitely put something in there to to, to give the other side of the audience that kind mm. of weight for an argument um so yeah I, th- I think it's intentional and i think if you had to pick one i think your dad's right is in the fact that it's faded to white go by in film conventions it's Maybe it is a dream or a fantasy, or yeah. the he's reacting out his his uh, dreams from um, or his holiday in quotation marks from uh, from his package that he had with Recall. But we know from a filmmaker's perspective that like things like that aren't just taken and given on a whim. It's yeah. it's all intentionally. It, it's just a great fit. It's just great that you're allowed to. It's kind of films like that are the first kind of interactive storytelling, really. I, I yeah. believe because it's 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 your way, your decision. You're almost like Schwarzenegger, actually, in a way, if you think about it, because you get to decide where you're going, what you're doing, what you believe. Yeah. Do you believe it's his wife? We're and he's in the same. I've never really thought about that before, but so we're on the exact same journey as as yeah. Doug. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, it's a really great take on it, and it's. I think what helps is that it's the world that it's, that it's surrounded on the production, on the production side, is it's all believable. It's, I think it's the future of twenty eighty four. Yeah. Um, so things haven't moved on a, a massive amount. Although the colonies on Mars, yes, but you know the, it's not like hyper stylized. It's not hyper futuristic. It's just it cement, looks like cement Robocop. City. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like really like like someone's gone let's build a futuristic city like very early on mm. with not much thought for it and then it's kind of degraded quite quickly yes yeah yeah do you know what i mean it, no, it's, 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 it's ready to go isn't it you yeah. straight in so when when you know doug does wake up and he goes and watch it, he changes the he's looking at the tv on the which is built into the wall and laurie comes along and changes it to a scenery yeah you know it's it's just automatically done. They're not sort of 
she does it because she doesn't want to watch the news about Mars, you know, about the riots and that on Mars. Um, yeah. But it's just done so casually. She like you would do someone t- changing the news on because they were bored watching the, you know, the normal TV. Oh, Gemma does it to me all the time. If I'm watching the news and getting stressed out by everything, Gemma's coming in and going, "Maybe we should watch something else." Click, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is. It's very relatable. It's it, and it's just sort of um, the way that you know. Again, it's sort of very gritty, and it, you know. There's a lot of realism to their future, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's not too far removed from ourselves. Um, but then they have those little elements like um, one of the memorable, most memorable things comes out of it, and they always show it in trailers, especially when it's on TV. Is when he walks through the X-ray yeah. screen. Well, actually, uh, you, yeah, yeah, you're right. That has got to be one of the most memorable things. Yeah, because it just yeah. looked fantastic, didn't it? It just looked, oh yeah. So good, especially the bit where he's got the gun on him and he, he sort of looks left to right and then yeah. he launches through the animated launching through the screen and he and sort of naked comes through. Um, but I think I might have seen that on movies, games, and videos actually. Yeah, that yeah. the first thing, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, what a show! <laughs> yeah, you it's mentioned that uh, within the first yeah. season, and yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was, um, but it, it's sort of like when you, the, the difference, obviously. Um, Mars was designed really well and what they didn't do, which I was glad with when when we finally get to Mars is that it wasn't the futuristic cityscape yeah, you know, it was a fucking slum you know, it was yeah. you, know, you had the absolutely, and I'm going to cast it in a little while but you had the, the, the wonderful Ronnie Cox living it, living the high life but yeah. in, in his little sort of his, his penthouse suite and his, his office and everything, but even so the view for him was just red. Shit all. <laughs> red, yeah. And it, it's, you know, and even people who go to, when people go to work there on the train, they seem to hate it. People who who are living there hate it because of the, the riots that are going on between yeah. um, Ronnie Cox's Cohagen and the mutants. And um, and then you get to Venusville, which is just, you know, you probably think the seediest, possible seediest part, part of Amsterdam you could ever imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Tucked away in this little cave somewhere on Mars. <laughs> Again, Mars is all lived in. You, you can imagine that colony's yeah. been there quite a while. You know, it's... I think that's, that that's works, what... though, with... That's why I meant, like, Robocop's universe. Like, if it was... <laughs> It is that kind of, like you said, slums kind of, like futuristic slums, like, but, but it's not, but it is a like a very close future. It's not too distant. So you, so everything's relatable. You're not going to Mars, everything's shiny and out of touch. It's, you know, you've got rebels fighting and stuff. I really don't like it when you watch a film and it, com- it completely like goes against what it's trying to do. Like the style of the film just doesn't like, um, match what it's trying to say a bit like horror film where you've got like maybe a struggling family yeah um and and they're, and they're in a big big haunted house or whatever and, and they've got all that money and they could sell the house or they've got a lot of money or a good career and they could just get get themselves out of that situation um and that like really is one of my most frustrating things about films sometimes where yeah. whereas um 
like with this, when you've sometimes got such like a futuristic city and everybody's looking so smiley and happy, or, or yeah, you know, you think, well, why, why, if it's like that, why do you have rebels? Why don't you get out of there? And everything just seems so oppressive and dark and red and and lived in and real that you it just like creates that world again, doesn't it? You, your yeah. mind doesn't start to pick holes in things. Well, no. Your mind is taken along for the ride. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like I said to you, I mean, you've always complained about that horror film where we sat there and going, fuck me, these families, don't poor people ever get haunted? Why, if they've got that much money, why don't they go somewhere? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like true world building, not just world building, like true realistic world building. Yeah, completely. And I think it, it's it's so, just becomes part of, it's, it's almost like another character. Yeah. Um, and it really stands out. Um, but to sort of move off from that a little bit and get onto the cast, yeah. Um, sort of properly. Uh, obviously, we've got Schwarzenegger playing Doug Quaid, Stroke Hauser, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give I'll give him his props. Schwarzenegger sort of still in his his sort of. Um, I don't want to be unfair to him and talk about it because he's he's a star. He's he's an absolute icon, and but you know I think where acting chops come, and I think this what I mean by this is if you look at Stallone. And his acting chops and you know yeah he's rocky is different to his rambo you look at stallone in tango and cash where he's yeah. very eloquent and very you know he's it, it's probably the clearest you'll ever hear stallone speak yeah. in tango and cash whereas schwarzenegger was just always schwarzenegger but schwarzenegger in total recall his acting capability is much more nuanced than let's say commando <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely adore Commando. Oh, but there's, yeah. def- there's definitely a, you know, a, a, a change in his, you know, his, his acting. You know, yeah. sort of I would skill. say, yeah, I would say that because it's quite funny because I was watching. I mean, dependent on personal circumstance, I always try to watch the film the night before we record. Yeah. Um, to get have it fresh in your mind. There was a point last night where I sat there and he was, um, you know, he's in the office discussing the packages, what he can yeah. add and stuff like that. Uh, for no particular reason, it's not a standout scene or anything particular, but I was sat there and it just hit me and I thought, I wonder if this is the first film where Schwarzenegger really had to kind of like, decided to kind of hone his craft a little bit to, to mm. ask for more from a script, to, to, to want to do more. Because um, uh, you know I'm, I'm not a professional actor myself, but when you're as big as Schwarzenegger at the time and just getting more popular and about to probably, you know, because you, you know what projects you've got lined up and you know yeah. what's going to happen and you and you're probably projected for stardom, like unbelievable stardom. Um, it would be very easy to play it safe, Ooh. like so easy to play it safe and yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Um, and then, like, just thinking, you know, off topic slightly, he, he, he even tr- he went to try Last Action Hero, like, three, three, four years later, yeah. which was totally different for him. Yet again, almost a film that's too red of its time at the time. Yeah. So it does make me wonder whether Total Recall was the film that did set him along the way mm. to yeah, do a little that, bit more. I think I'd agree, mate, because it's, it, it's sort of, like you said, in that scene where he is picking his package and that, he's like, they sort of talk about, oh, you can do this. He goes, come on. You know, he's sort of making these little yeah choices. 
Um, yeah, where before he could be quite blank, po-faced, and and, yeah. and just and just wait for the other actors' delivery. And yeah, it, I think I wonder if it's because he had so much invested in the production itself, and there was so much you know he was in charge yeah. behind the scenes a lot. But I also think that he's trying to play Doug Quaid as, even though he's you know he's a technically a sleeper agent, um, he's sort of playing him as the everyman, even though he's built like a brick shit house. He is. Yeah, he's playing. You know, Doug's the the guy next door who works on the construction site. And I think what helps solidify that is when he, when he is set upon by his you know, colleagues at work, and yeah, like the muscle memory kicks in. Yeah, you know, and he, he kills them all. There is a look of he doesn't just sort of like you know break the necks, kill them, and do do a one liner like he normally would, and you know walk off. There's a you get that. Straight following scene where he's panicking, yeah. he's got blood all over his hands, and he's he's trying he's to blocking you out forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have that horrified look, don't he? Yeah, he's, mm. you're right. Yeah, he... I don't think he's he's so much. I suppose. Oh, I suppose they have. Um, maybe this is, sounds really harsh, but maybe Arnold and that, like you said, part of it is because he is does have a lot of say behind the scenes. But do you think part of it as well is that he just actually gave a shit for once? Not for once, but he 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 did just go right. Okay, I've got I've this script demands more, mm. kind of thing. Like yeah, like like whether and whether it's just that, and like you said, it's like a like a pet project for him, or whether he just got to a point in his career where he thought, I just want to. I, I, I just feel like I need to do more, or maybe yeah. react more to certain things because I always think Schwarzenegger's been convincing when he when he shouts and when he's when he's yeah. when he's screaming like like that scene I was telling you about when you know when he's talking to the guy in the awful yeah. jacket. Um, <laughs> there's a bit where he smiles, and I think it is the everyman smile, but he kind of comes across sometimes as a little bit goofy, not. It's not a detriment to them. It's actually quite charming, actually, to see Schwarzenegger yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, almost gentle giant kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where it made me think, like, hmm, it, you know, start to think about, like, was this all intentional? And, yeah. You know, and, and, and things like that. But I don't know. I just, I just think that... He's, he's like like we said going forward to like lots of films he did. He's, he still gets criticism. He's still never perfect. But the scene where he where we you know where they're trying to implant the memories and he's like you blow my cover and stuff. Yeah, that's as convincing as Schwarzenegger is. Like when he when it, when he does get like that. So I don't know. It's it's um I suppose it's just I'm just trying to point out that like you know the importance of like the story to the script and the thinking man's part of it, but maybe like that is maybe the message to take away from Total Recall is that a well-established like action hero almost that, that was projected to even further stardom decided to like up his game when he never really needed yeah. to. So is I that think, the most compliment you could give a film like that? Yeah. Like, I think, I think what stands out as well is towards the end when he's, when he discovers, you know, the sort of double crossing, you know, treble crossing of like Hauser, yeah, um, you know, and all the setup that goes on there is how he plays Hauser is different to how he plays 
dog. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think House is very much the typical cocky Schwarzenegger we'd seen before. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and Doug's still just Doug, and I think that it, it works so well, that contrast. Yeah. Um, but how he plays off with everyone, I mean, like with the rest of the cast, you think you've got, let's say, we've got Rachel uh, Tocotin as, as Melina, who, it's, you know, really does hold her own against Schwarzenegger. She's very much, um, you know, as, as a, she's not like the, the, the a victim um, no, or any. She, you know, you know, it sort of goes and searches her out um, because, you know, she's, they've got history and, um, but she's part of that resistance. Yeah. And you get to see that. And I think, when it comes across is just how her introduction to him, a reintroduction to him, sorry, uh, to Schwarzenegger. Um, so you've got that sort of the, the sleazy aspect of what what he asked for in her. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, she's really quick to to get stuck in. Um, yeah. I mean, her fight with Sharon Stone's brilliant. It is good, yeah. It's very it's good. Like, it's not like a stereotypical what a class is, you know, not like it's... Cat fight, cat fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not a cat fight. Yeah. It's a proper. They are kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, they're um, both like trained, aren't they? Definitely. Both yeah. Have experience. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really, it really shows. Like I said, her fight with Sharon Stone is a real, is a big highlight, not just for her character. Um, but it's a little highlight of the film. It's those sort of mm, that your life. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> It's she just, gets her yeah. little, little cut off line as well, doesn't she? And it's yeah, yeah. It's, it, like you said, she just she does hold her own against him. Um, and then we've got uh, obviously uh, talked about Sharon Stone. Um, we've got Michael Ironside as Richter. Unbelievable! Oh, he's amazing, isn't he? He's um, yeah, he is. He is a. a, a I I um, think of him as a bit of a character actor legend to be honest yeah. he's, he's he, he just he always just feels like he's that character doesn't he, <laughs> he, 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 he do you know what I mean I, I never really I mean well you know it's my client's side but I don't I never sit there and think you know like my brain kicks in for two seconds and then goes oh yeah it's my client's side mm. it's like he's always facial expression or or, or you know his demeanor or you always think yeah you're one pissed off character or you're all oh, right yeah. there do you know what i mean it's you really just sell everything worse and i read a, such a lovely did you did you read the story or anything about um i think Schwarzenegger was getting a bit frustrated with him at first because he was always on the phone between takes yeah um and Schwarzenegger confronted him about it, and he told him that his uh, sister had cancer. All right. So he was talking to her. And then Schwarzenegger invited him back to his trailer, and they kept having three-way calls, like Michael Einstein and Schwarzenegger in the in the um, his trailer together with with Einstein, and then with obviously this they'd be on the phone together, and then his sister on you know on her phone, All right. and he'd tell her what to eat to help her. Mm. And, and, and exercise and yeah. every day they'd do it and they said still to this day that they still speak and Michael Einside has never forgotten his act of generosity towards them both so it's really nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's lovely especially sort of being being daddy to 
Yeah, to everyone. That's really nice. Um, <laughs> well, he said at hindsight, you're right. I think he's just you. What he's, he's believable, and it's as soon as he his presence is on screen, you just like you know you you believe when he like you said when he's fucked off, you believe it. You yeah. know when he's he's desperate to complete a mission, you believe it. The satisfied look he has on his face when he punches when he sucker punches uh, Quaid. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you believe it, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a great actor, anyway. But it's it's a nice role. It's a it's a role that could have easily got lost as henchman number two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he probably makes it makes it his own. Um, and he has that sort of personal stake in because of you know whether it's in the fantasy or not. He's Laurie's, you know, Sharon Stone's other half. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so he's got that personal stake in it too. Yeah, you get but, that um, nice little. Um, interaction with his with the other henchman eddie the eagle i think yeah <laughs> when he's talking about like do you think she enjoys you know kind of being schwarzenegger's wife and having sex and he's like no but she hates it <laughs> and that's like you see his motivation yeah. of fuck i've never really thought about it that way <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah um but then of course we, we, we can't leave talking about the cast um without uh talking about ronnie cox yeah, no, well, I mean, what can you say? I mean, um, I keep saying about it feels like a shared universe with Robocop sometimes, and now we've got the arsehole back. Um, yeah. It's quite funny, because Ronnie's supposed to be such a nice guy as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he has quite as much to do as he does in Robocop. No, it was less screen time, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but he's such a prick. He's he's so good at playing the like, just the corporate jobs with like, you know, like fat cat. Like I'm gonna stamp on you, yeah. deal with it. Like I'm better than you. And it's like, like it's not even the like the, the kind of smug like prick that like or, or like the grease you know the snake oil salesman he's he's just mm. like i don't give a shit yeah and he's got to get satisfaction from being able to speak like it and he's fantastic at it like i told you before he's robocop i mean he plays the corrupt senator in um the stargate sg1 series and he's a wanker in that as well <laughs> like it's because it's a continuous like recurring role for him yeah he's like the biggest wanker he's ever been and he's <laughs> He like takes it up to other notches, and then, uh, I mean, it gets to a point, doesn't it, when it just feels like, who are you gonna call? <laughs> Ronnie Cox. Cox. Yeah, like he must have been on speed dial for so many people. I bet, I bet he must have turned down role, multiple roles like yeah. that in the eighties and early nineties. For I, I like the fact that he's playing it almost like if Dick Jones hadn't yeah. died in RoboCop and yeah. got promoted. That's what, that's Coe. Well, my theory is that he got he got shot out the window, yeah. and his arms were so long, he <laughs> he, um, he bounced off off his arms and went into space. <laughs> it's just we talked about the delivery of lines before, and and we talked about uh, was it Anthony Heald um, in oh, Deep Rising? Rise. Yeah, um, and he's fucking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, line. Yeah, that's so good. Um, oh, yeah. And Ronnie Cox gets to do it fucking brilliantly. It's when the sort of starring Venus, uh, uh, what do you call it? Venusville. Um, yeah. When he, you know, um, 
any year <laughs> and said, oh, what would it, you know, they're starving, they're starving oxygen, what do you want to do? Nothing. It goes, but they'll die. Fuck them. It's just absolute power corrupts absolutely, but I don't think it does with him because I think it's absolute power. You remain a bell end because you were to begin with. <laughs> oh, he so is as well, isn't he? Yeah. He's, the, he's absolute. He's the perfect bell end. You're right. He's he yeah, but he's so he's so watchable doing it. The thing is, though, it's like from a character's point of view, he, he's he's like. He doesn't have any fun doing it as well. It's just he's a miserable bell end, like, like you know, like um, in Robocop when he's like, he's a cyborg, you idiot. It's like he can't even just appreciate anything for a second or take a second or show any remorse, any smile, any kind of happiness. It's like he's focused, isn't he? On... Yeah, he makes. Yeah. It's like sorry, I was interrupted. He's saying about how you know he doesn't take any enjoyment out of it. Um, it's almost like he's been put there. By yeah. someone, uh, yeah, you know they've they've got tired of his bullshit and gone. Do you know what? You know, the go the, the Mars job. Yeah, just fucking give it to go here and just shut him up. Yeah, <laughs> Make it with Mars, just, you know, send him off. That's the last we'll hear of him. Yeah, and he's happy that like he's gonna be paid and and have all this power. But it wasn't his choice. He doesn't want to do not doesn't want to do the job. But he's just going to do it with get the results without doesn't like care who he fucks over. Like you said, fuck him, fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll pay you to think. Yeah. What the fuck's going on down there? <laughs> I, I did want to talk about, um, and we've done a few films now where the special effects have been done by this certain chap. But I didn't realise until reading back on this that um, Total Recall won an Oscar mm-hmm. for best special effects. Yeah. I was I didn't I didn't know that at all. And that young man was Rob Boutin. I know. <laughs> so. It has been a little bit incredible that we've continued to he almost got to be the third host by now. <laughs> yeah, wherever he is, bless him. Yeah. Uh, but again, the that, that design work, um, it fits in with that universe. Again, it's not over the top. I mean, you, you could argue a lot of the memorable stuff comes from um, people will always remember the the expanding faces, you know, the suffocating faces. Um, yeah. Because if you mix that with the... the the cries of, you know, the screams of trying to gasp for air, um, their eyes bulging out, their tongues bulging out, and Swatchner just going, <laughs> Yeah, what they did is they got, they, they got like, the actors on ready to do it, and they got the prosthetics, and then they were like, Arnold, we've, we've, we've not even got you ready yet, what, what are you doing? And that was the final, they just used it, like. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, but it's the... Um, there's a couple, you know, a couple of scenes with with puppets. Um, like I say when he pulls the the giant fuck of tracking device out of his face through his yeah. nose. Um, yeah, that's that makes it memorable. The um, when he's dressed up as the woman. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah. And it's, it's the one thing that always gets me, and it doesn't bother me as much as it probably should. But when when he's the woman. And it matter whether it malfunctions or what, I'm not sure. You know, it's I, I always took it as a malfunction. Yeah, the yeah, whole two weeks, and then he twists his ear. Yeah, that massive fucking pipe comes out the side of his head, and, and when it goes back, in, you think, where the fuck did that go? 
yeah, yeah. come from. It's like, because the way the mask comes off, which is a brilliant little oh. bit of animation when it comes off, you think that must have gone straight through the centre of Schwarzenegger's skull. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's the fact of that, um, that this dumpy woman is now suddenly like a six foot fucking British hit <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> oh, he spends the rest of that scene <laughs> when they blow a hole through the uh, the glass. Yeah. And all the airs being tucked out and, he, and everyone's sort of like being like thrown about and stuff and he's still in that fucking dress with their boots on. I know, I'm glad he did wear his trousers um, underneath his outfit or we'd have had like Austrian bollocks flapping <laughs> His massive Austrian oak just sort of swearing about it in, in zero G. Um, but, uh, the mutant, the mutant designs are really cool as well, and it's not the, the grotesque without without making you turn away. They're interesting enough to keep you looking. Yeah, I uh, think they've, they've got a bit of sympathy to them, haven't they? The, yeah, you feel sorry for them. Like it, it evokes that sadness. Like yes. It's like there's that woman who says, you know, I read your palm, you read your aura and everything. And then her daughter comes along and and says, you know, I bet I can guess your, your birthday or your birth sign or something like that. Um, and it's, his, it's watching a smile on his face when she does that for him. When he's in the alternate version, when he's like, of course you can, you've read the script a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not like offended by it, is he? No, so that's where I think you said about playing him as Doug is, is good. He does have yeah. that little bit of like childlike wonder, kind of. And if he is like an implanted personality mm. and not Doug, it works perfectly for him, yeah. actually, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think the same with, with Betty's arm, when Betty's arm comes out. Yeah, and it's the way that it, it extends, but then the fingers move away yeah. from each other. That's a lovely effect. Yeah, it it's is, and, and everything. But I, I always thought sort of like when I was younger, you, you sort of identify with your heroes in you. You make a way of identifying with your heroes, don't you? So you sort of like you. Know, yeah, if you want to be the action star, you know, you can begin strongly given all this. Well, I can do that because he did that. Um, I'm watching this back. Um, I've I've become Benny because I do have five kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sum of my life. I, I do a driving job to make extra cash <laughs> to feed five kids. You are Benny. I am Benny. <laughs> hey man, I got five kids to feed. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Shit. I'm not even married. <laughs> hey, Betty, screw you. Absolute genius. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, but then it, it does become towards the end when when Doug takes on that role of of you know shit kicker when yeah. he really sort of like he does start with the one liners. It does yeah. evolve into a Schwarzenegger yeah. film, but. He, that's what people go and see Schwarzenegger film for, but it's more enjoyable because his character's had enough. He's not. It's not like Commander where he's starting off as a badass and ending yeah. as a as the same badass or Predator, where yeah. you know, he's dropping dropping him in his, his his colonel, and then he's the same. You know, Doug's had this great character progression. Yeah. So it's deservedly so when he he goes from killing all his mates at the start and looking horrified to it, to you know holding Richter's arms and going see you at the party Richter and throwing him off. <laughs> Considering a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, but don't you think that works? It's a little bit like, yeah, you know, yeah. cab, you know, you know the, uh, sorry, it's not a perfect thing again, but um, you know, um, Cabin in the Woods, where you can take it in a right. very, like, ground level, that this is a bit of an explanation yeah. for, for, for what goes off in horror films and cliches. And it's almost like, you know, you can, you, you know, there's a lot of deep meaning behind that film and a lot of trying to like a love letter to horror films to explain why you get the same archetypes, the same story, the same, you know, settings and everything. But you can also take it on a basic level of like its story, like we need to appease the gods and, you know, this is why a lot of things happen. And they kind of, kind of find that with, um, like you said, the one liners start to creep in. That is like obviously Schwarzenegger will probably have some say in that. Yeah. Um, as the fact that like that's kind of him as the brand Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Like he's gonna have some cool one liners, he's gonna kill some people, he's gonna have that smirk that he always does, he's gonna get to say a few things that'll be in the trailer and stuff. Yeah. Now we all accept that and maybe if we were writing it today, we might be, let's not just put that in because the film's so good with the script, let's try and differentiate it further from it. But also, like you said, the, the, the film storyline gives us an excuse, if we want to believe and read into it, gives us that excuse of why he would do that if it is this secret agent trick that he's had implanted. So, like, we, we have spoke about that before, about you going along that journey, but again, I think that maybe the more we speak about it the more that like it does really stand out now that it's almost like <laughs> like interact like an interactive entertainment where you're all these decisions you're going well i'm just left to decide this or that but actually there are so many little kind of things on the way and and almost unintentionally anything people can think well it's a schwarzenegger film that has to be thrown in there well you can answer that now that's his fucking secret agent training. It almost becomes like a great wiper of any kind of like cheesy one-liners. I mean, I personally think that the one-liners are great in it, so I would yeah. never, never want to change it. But for someone who may be a critic of that, you can kind of, you know, stick two fingers up to them and say, secret agent training. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. What, what stands out is, for me, is the scene where um, the... Uh, they said the guy in from Recall. Um, oh, the Doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's supposed to be the creator, isn't he, of Recall? Yeah, it's Roy Brocksmith, the actor yeah, yeah. is. Um, and uh, he's... Um, it's, it's the fact that he comes in and he he, exp- he gives you a bit of exposition that you, yeah. you're not really a dog, you're in a chair at Recall, uh, we're trying to bring you out, we can't. Um, basically, you know, your options are: you take this pill, you wake up in, you know, back on Earth, everything's hunky dory, or you know, you don't, you kill me, and you stay in this delusion. So, Trapped that's the choice. In a fake world, kind of, yeah. Yeah. So lobotomized. But, yeah, and, and but the genius of it is that if Doug is losing the plot, and he isn't all this, you know, it is all an implant. Then, yeah, it's you know, he's got his way out. But they've said to him, if you don't take the way out, you're stuck here, right? Or if he is Hauser in cover, yeah. then they've got their way of getting Hauser back to earth and putting him back under cover without him knowing about it, yeah. Um, 
you know, or something, or even going on and discovering what's really going on. Uh, it's, it's just such a, a pivotal scene in that film because regardless of what, what the audience think of that decision Doug makes, you know, to kill um, that, that doctor, um, that from that point on, either, you know, I think that's almost make up your mind time that he is Hauser undercover is Doug. Yeah. Um, because of the bead of sweat, but that could have just been Doug's fantasy. Yeah, because it could Doug's way out of yeah, yeah, his justification for killing him. Yeah. 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 And again, it's just such a a pivotal but awesome scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think bringing Sharon Stone into that bit as well, um, trying to coax him back. But then again, because it would have worked for me, you know, that would work. The one time to get a pill out, (laughs) I'd have been like, okay, let's go. Yeah, you know, it, it's just it, it, again, it's such an important, but it's such a good scene. It's played extremely well. Yeah, but yeah. equally, it, it goes from being absolute sort of thought-provoking uh, sci-fi thriller to then some guy getting a bit of metal shoved through his face. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's. Uh, it's just a great, and uh, what I noticed this time around as well is that Jerry Goldsmith's music—you get that awesome title sequence, yeah—and um, then you get the sort of like the Blue Sky and Mars sort of suite at the end. But through it, it's not a score that you tend to notice. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say the same thing. Um, with you know when you mentioned Jerry's name, and like we we've discussed his work before, haven't we? When we did the Deep uh, Rising episode. But I think the thing is with music is sometimes it's better to be understated. And I think a film a film like this where it is a thinking man's film, like you said, it's thought-provoking. We, there's a lot going off visually, like you've said already, like, you know, second and third watchings where you're watching characters kind of like look to the left or right, the bead of sweat, are people lying, are people in, in on yeah. this? I don't think I think you need someone who's competent enough to put a score there that maybe, like you said, you don't even if you're asked about it, you'd be like, oh shit, yeah, how did it go? Actually, I didn't notice any music. I need to. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe too maybe someone who couldn't be as restrained would have taken away from that film because you've already got so much going off. The yeah. the, the fantastic effects, like we said, the you know the the set design. You've just got everything leaps. Arnold's larger than life anyway, and captivates mm. you. Your, um, your eye, and if you've got two eye, another eye left after that, Sharon Stone takes the other one up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I can say because right now, apart, like you said, apart from those two pieces, I actually can't think. And I watched it last night. Yeah. So, I think I've enjoyed it. I mean, I, I loved it as a kid, but growing up, and I haven't seen this for. I watched it last, you know, the, the start of this week, and I've not seen it for a good. It's probably ten years. Yeah, um, I fucking loved it. It was it, it was better than I remembered. I actually remember yeah. when I first watched it. Now you know you, you just said something that's re- I've just had a recall moment. <laughs> um, it was. You tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I'm getting a a, a DVD cover, mm. orange, yeah, orangey red, and but the case you know how you get a case and you stand it like vertical that's right yeah, yeah. it was it was the way it was landscape it was landscape yeah it was yeah. landscape 
Yeah. yeah. I think that was it, mate. I think it was college time. I'd bought it and thought, I've, I've obviously watched bits of it, like Jaws, but I want to like watch it from A to B, A to Z, sorry, and or Z. That's the, <laughs> see, that's the great thing about being at college with you, was that because I came and stayed with you midweek, all the money that I'd been given for transport in the middle of the week, I just went to spend HMV. Yeah, I used to. I used to do the same. Mate. I used to. Yeah, and sometimes I just want even like anything. I thought, well, I'm going to spend this on this food. I'd be like, mm, this food's at home. DVDs. <laughs> what are you doing on your lunch hour? HMV, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it became HMV, and then after a while, Nick's chips and HMV. <laughs> yeah. Or Harold's. Harold's. Harold's yeah. Hair. I'll have hot chocolate, please. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. If you, if anyone's listening from Mansfield in England, you'll, you well, you may not now, but uh, that was the yeah. best little bistro, 50s-style cafe that you could get. Yeah. Chili dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Final thoughts. In your final thoughts, I would okay. like to know which way do you sway on the story? Is Doug dreaming or is it real? Honestly? Hmm. I think he's dreaming. I think that the filmmakers probably want you to want to make put the film out there as he's um, he's not, mm. and it's just thought provoking. But I just feel that the story's too good for me to yeah. ignore it, and I think it's quite. Um, I think it makes it more tragic. Yeah, and and feel for him, and I just believe that, like like your dad was saying about it going to white and stuff. I just believe that that he is dreaming, and that he is he did kind of like live out his fantasy. And the first part of his fantasy was you've blown my cover, kind of mm. thing, and and just a little offshoot of that. I was um, when I watched, uh, so I've not watched it for years, but I watched um, from like the. 2006 or 7 I watched the entire run of Stargate SG-1 and there's an episode where is it Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap? Yeah. He's, he guest stars and he guest stars as a as a guy who goes to one of our main characters and he tells, tells us there's um, a conspiracy going off so all through the episode you've seen all this thing go off and you've seen all these shadowy figures and all these kind of dodgy deals being done and at the end of the film it's re- at the end of the episode sorry, it's revealed that he's, he's suffering with dementia Dean Stockwell is it's so sad and it gives the yeah. the ending like elevates like in hindsight and retrospect you go oh my god that means that yeah. and oh it's so sad and then the last part of the episode he comes up you know you realize the character realizes what's happening and then he goes in and they kind of have this discussion you think oh it's settled and it's so sad and then it kind of goes another beat and uh, Dean Stockwell's like so now that we're on the level and no one's suspecting us, when do we start again? And it's just like, oh man, yeah. it's so sad to be trapped forever. And thinking of when I thought of when I watched that back those years ago, I did think of Total Recall, yeah. <laughs> thinking about that. And I think that although it is, it, it makes me sad to admit it. I do think that he's he's um, yeah, he's been um, he's a secret. He's he's at his programming and he's probably. Because when they say the guy that's lobotomized, they had the guy who was lobotomized. I always thought was that him. Yeah. That he's talking about himself because the guy well, kind of gives him a dodgy look as well, doesn't he? A shifty look and kind yeah. of wipes it under the carpet, which works both ways. Like you were saying, it works yeah. if he goes, "How do you know about that?" But also, shit, you're him, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you. Yeah. What's... Well, what you said about that is because. 
the, it all comes down to the dream about Melina before it yeah. all kicks off. But the whole thing about his whole reason to go to Recall and wanting to go to Mars and and everything like that, you know, it's, it, that's his journey to Recall, to having the implant, to breaking in out, turning out to be a secret agent. Couldn't this all have been the implant right from the very start of the film? So the dream of Melina was his motivation to get. Do you know what I mean? Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I, it be that the entire thing we've been watching right from the very start was the start of Doug's implant that went horribly wrong? Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, of course, it could be. I think. Again, I think I'm the same boat as you. I would love to think that he went off and saved, you know, put blue skies on Mars and yeah. and saved save the world. But the fact that that was every single thing that he asked for. Yeah, when he went to recall, um, just to me, just sums up. Yeah, and again, fading to white. I, I, I believe that he's it's all in his head. Yeah, um, and like you said, it makes it. It goes from being sort of awesome mystery sci-fi thriller to being a tragic character piece in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gives it a lot much more weight and depth. To Doug's story and sort of a, almost a bittersweet ending. That fate, if it hadn't been for that fate to white, uh, for me, yeah. and what you know, and sort of based on what my dad said when I was younger, was you, know, you can sort of come away thinking, yeah, a great fucking movie, but you can also that fate to white makes you think that's a good fucking movie, and I really need to talk to someone about that now. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 part of its longevity as well. Um, oh yeah, people are still arguing about it. Like, well, there's like Blade Runner. There's 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 this. Like you said, Inception, and there's a million yeah. more films. But um, yeah, I mean, also from a filmmaker's perspective, you can make a cracking film and then have an ending that's so provocative. And, yeah. and, and want you to <laughs> and the bottom line is though we've we're justifying our reasons and somebody else could equally come across and justify their reasons for thinking opposite and 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 that's all good but i believe that genuinely maybe the filmmaker um i have no answer i want them to decide so yeah. it is that interactive part where maybe people on other sides will try and prove that this is the definitive answer we have looked at everything but actually the film's more for you decide you've seen every yeah. bit of wink from every character you've studied like three or fourth time you can see like i did pick up on the guy the, the sales guy at the beginning when he says yeah. that lobotomized and i thought does he mean him like mm. and you see the uncomfortableness in his face it, does that have a double meaning do you know what i mean like you said yeah. about you see people looking all the time is that is, is that intended to be taken that way or this way and i just think that We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be interesting as well because you guys who are, are, are watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Anchor, um, be nice to know what you guys thought as well. So drop us, drop us a comment. Um, you know, let us know what you what you think the ending means. That'd be really cool to see. Okay, um, yeah. And do you think a question for you, Dan? Sorry, just yeah. as just as we get to that, um, do you think this film's like not legacy but part of the legacy of the film is that it kind of opened up like the sci-fi has always obviously had some kind of like thought provoking yeah. um, kind of things behind it but with total recall like fitting into the action genre as well do you feel like some of the films like the matrix as total recall to thank for oh, maybe yes. paving the way i was just going to say when you start talking about the films on 
Matrix came to mind yeah. straight away. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many layers to to that film as well. Where yeah. I think up to the point, I think as soon as you, so, I'm sure we'll get round to doing the Matrix at some point, um, but that even right to the end, it's still one of those films where you, you're thinking, well, was that just another layer of the co- was that another layer of the construct? Yeah. You know, was that you know, and I wonder if that'll finally get answered when Matrix Four comes out, I don't know. But you know, there's mm. you know, did they bring them out and then bring them out again? It's like Inception where, you know, the, the different layers they go under. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just I don't know, it I, I think it I think you're right. I think it's it really boosted big budget sci fi can be thought-provoking and doesn't yeah. just have to be a spectacle all the time yeah no absolutely i i agree even down to the little pill that you can take to yes to yeah, come home. yeah so, definitely mate yeah. yeah so on that then um what what uh, what's your rating what does how does total recall rate in biscuit form um tough one um mm-hmm. i think hmm it's really difficult because I do want to give it a golden biscuit and I think that it probably does deserve it because like maybe for the film I'd give it slightly one below as in just from it be like a lot of these films we've spoken about so far we really enjoy them and from a rating system it almost feels unfair because you're trying to then you're obviously judging each film on its merits but we always say yeah. it's on what it could what it could achieve and I think with the film um itself maybe looking at it like from now you could go well yeah i'd give that like four out of five or whatever excellent film and 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 we sometimes live in a in times where if you gave something four out of five people are always average then no it's fucking brilliant oh yeah Yeah. then it'd be a five you know but i think what total recall works really well at is is the fact that like you said the story the fact that the time it was made it was just quite unique and speaking to you about it now was like like i said to you like um my thoughts of um that we're almost like dogs and avatar for us yeah when he takes that special agent kind of uh um decides to go with that package we're taking that package yeah like almost like a don't want to cheapen it by saying it but like a video game almost like he is our avatar and we are going along with him and we decide what happens to us and yeah and i, and I think and the, and the story is brilliant a, a fantastic story um so to me i think it has got to be a golden biscuit because i think the film's brilliant um and, and i'm trying not to give every film a golden biscuit and like we said before it, it won't it definitely yeah. won't it's a clean slate for season two is it so it's we've, yeah so far we've only we've only done one film you know, it's, it's it, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. You know. You know. If, if he, I, I went in thinking, you know, you know, thinking maybe a four, four out of five. I was, and I, but I couldn't justify why I wouldn't give it a golden biscuit. That's the thing. I, was, I could not give you a reason why I wouldn't give. It. And then talking about it. Yeah. Taking aside just my nostalgia and my absolute love for it. And again, talking to you about it, realize, realizing just how solid it is in all aspects. It, it, it's a complete all-rounder. The fact that Schwarzenegger, you know, projects his craft further, yeah, in this 
um, than he's ever been. The fact that it won an Academy Award, the fact that it influenced so much that came after it, I think you're right. I think because of those things, it, we're not just talking about it as a film. Yeah, you know, it, it moves beyond that. So yeah, God damn it, gets a gets a golden biscuit. Absolutely, absolutely, mate. I I have to, like I said, I think me and you probably come into it the same way. We're almost trying to like not downplay it, but think, well, yeah, it's great, but every story can't be a five out of five. Sometimes, like it is the, it is the um, like we can't go and say, well, Evil Dead's like like one of my personal favorite films, but I can't say the story's five out of five because it's a very limited story. It, it's five out of five if you think of what it may it makes the most out of its premise. Yeah, and yeah. clearly this film is. Um, like they could have done a lot more, couldn't they, with the film? They could have focused a lot more on the rebels, a lot more on the story side of it and storylines and and uh, sorry, the storyline regarding like the politics of of the planet and stuff. Yeah. But I think actually, scale it back. It, it's a character piece, like you said, and and, and I think it, it can can and by me as well sometimes get overlooked. And it's yeah. not till speaking to you again where I thought actually there's a lot of nuance in this film. Do you know what I mean? And, and like we said, Schwarzenegger's clearly shown, you know, how much it means to him. There's a lot of people in this film and they've put a lot of thought into setting up shots and a lot of thought into, like, even Sharon Stone, like you said, yeah. there's a lot of times where you're, like, you're looking out for, for clues from uh, visual clues. from. So there's been a lot of work. And, and I think the story's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And I think the interpretation of it that, that I've taken... <sighs> not just gone out on a woman taken, but taken from it, which like you just means that there is no reason to give it that. Like you said, yeah. it's, it's the impact it's had and everything. And it's, and I think I'm just trying to over explain or justify my reasons. Cause I have given top ratings out to a lot of films before, but I suppose we are fairly fresh into yeah. this channel. And, and I suppose the more, people that make suggestions and and to be fair there's there might even be films we watch where it's our first watch sometimes yeah, and and you know in recent releases and stuff but we can't minimize the impact of the film can we and and yeah, you absolutely. know yeah, yeah definitely mate completely agree no but well before yeah. we uh get our asses to mars um, uh-huh. yeah. well uh well, that's the six pack of miles i've got in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> Well, please, you know, if you like what we're doing, like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, you know, give us a comment, say hello, and we'll get back to you. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're, we're loving some of the interactions we've been getting recently. Um, so please keep it coming uh, and keep your suggestions coming as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, to, to being introduced to new stuff as well as the, the great nostalgia trip that we, we get yeah. to have in this. I also um, got um, a request as well last night from, uh, sorry, today from um, uh, one of my wife's sister. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably not an avid listener because, you know, busy lives and not being, mm. you know, film geeks and biscuit fans like ourselves but said that they watched a film last night uh, first time they ever watched it Bram Stoker's Dracula and thought god this would be a great film to hear what Grant and Dan would think about that so so that's well, that's always yeah, nice to hear as well which yeah. is great because you know it's that's that's another film that I absolutely adore but definitely has its flaws yeah in certain areas so that'll be a really interesting one to do um 
but yeah, Keanu so. Reeves, not really. I like you, but <laughs> God damn yeah. you! I know where the bastard sleeps. Carfax. But thanks again for, for, for joining me, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, as always, as always. All right, and uh, I'll uh, I'll speak to you very soon. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for what's coming next. Yep, thank you very much, and. Um, yeah, better get my ticket to Malls in the Johnny Cab. That's it. <laughs> get ready for a surprise. <laughs> See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.